Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua, and you're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. In today's episode, we're taking a look at the trends impacting talent leaders and talent teams around the globe. As we start 2023, we're looking at a changing global economy once again. Over the past three years, we have heard the same words over and over again unprecedented, new normal, uncertainty. I'm sure you can fill in the rest of that list. Starting a new year, I think we'd all prefer if these words stop echoing around in the backs of our minds. We're not there yet, but if we look at what's happening in different regions around the world, we can gain a better understanding of where we stand globally. What are the biggest challenges and opportunities, and what can we learn from each other? In this episode, we're diving deep into what lies ahead by talking with three of our People Scout leaders from around the globe. We'll hear from People Scout Managing Director of the Americas, Rick Batori, UK Managing Director and Head of EMEA Operational Delivery, John Porter, and Managing Director of APAC, Tim Powell. So to start off, it's important to understand what the talent market looks like in each region. Here's Rick on North America. I would say kind of what we've seen in the last you know, the back half of the year, there's still some uncertainty uh, from our clients around the, you know, the economy and kind of what it means for their business. And um, there's still concerns over candidate availability. There just seems to be, uh, you know, despite the things we hear in the news, uh, many of our clients are, are still under a lot of pressure for uh, finding the right people. And then, you know, one of the other things that we're starting to see is our TA leaders, uh, you know, were hit in uh, 2022 with a lot of different costs that they maybe didn't have in the past just because they had to hire more people and try to retain more people. And so, um, and that's not just necessarily for our services here at PeopleScout, but that's, as you can imagine, you know, across the board. I think there's uh, still a lot of trying to find the right fit. So not only just availability, but finding the right fit. And then, you know, the other thing, Nicole, that we're starting to see is, um, you know, organizations trying to look at this, gosh, how do I balance going back to the office? You know, pulling people together. It's great when people can come together and have a collaborative space, but but gosh, there's just, uh, you know, a lot of pull for folks who've got comfort in working virtually. So those are some of the things that we see kind of impacting the talent market here in North America. So how are things similar or different in EMEA? John shares his insights. So I think, uh, in a word, it looks challenging. Um, we still have a really competitive marketplace. Uh, job vacancies are running at 40% ahead of pre-pandemic levels. And at the same time, we are finding ourselves facing a shrinking labor force. So that shrinking labor force is a combination of a few things. Um, we have still got a large post-pandemic participation gap. We have an aging population. Uh, in the UK, we have uh, reducing immigration through more strict immigration policy through the government, all of which is lending itself to uh, reduced talent. Combine that with, as we speak, um, spiralling pay demands uh, because of the high inflation through the cost crisis and also uh, growing industrial action. So uh, we've currently got strikes uh, in our health workers in our rail workers and within our border force. 
And I think it's uh, probably never been quite as challenging a time for talent leaders as we're facing at the moment. This is an area where our regions may be more similar than they are different. Tim shares what he's been experiencing in APAC. Like most of the world, the talent market in Asia-Pac is pretty challenging uh, and it remains so. Uh, while in the recent months there's been some easing in the labour market in, and there are stats like the number of respondents to ads uh, where the uh, respondents are increasing, the fact is that uh, the labour market continues to remain incredibly tight. Now, these patterns make sense because over the past three years, we've all experienced many of the same challenges. COVID-19 and the complicated recovery touched every country across the globe, forcing talent leaders to think differently and try new solutions. So what has been the most important lesson in each region? Here's John again on how his biggest lesson is almost about mindset. I think it has to be that talent leaders have got to be agile. So... Um, they need to be able to adapt to external factors, um, factors which we've learnt are beyond our own uh, controls. If you look at COVID, you'll see that it's, um, it's cha it changed everything. It changed uh, how we work. It changed, certainly in the UK, where we worked. It changed the nature of our work. Um, and so organisations need to plan for a, dy a dynamic rather than a static future. For Tim and APAC, it's about planning. Demand from clients in the market generally is somewhat fluky. Um, demand in Asia-Pac uh, varies significantly between markets and between sectors, and then also between organisations within sectors, and then even within job types within e individual organisations. So the, the degree of variability is, is incredibly high. I don't think um, that there's a lot of confidence in the workforce planning of organisations. I think uh, organisations are feeling like they're not quite sure what's happening and therefore haven't been able to put a lot of confidence around their workforce plans. Most seem to be hedging their bets uh, somewhat and, and waiting to see what evolves in Q1, Q2. And in North America, Rick is seeing many of the same things. One that comes to mind, one that we've been talking to our clients about is, is just, you know, making sure that they schedule time to think about the future. I don't think uh, many folks had the opportunity to do that in 2020, 2021, and even in 2022. Uh, and it's kind of what I call kind of working on your business or on your process is not just in them. And so... I think that's one of the most important things that people can do. They can reflect back and say, how much time did I spend just kind of fighting fires? And, you know, is there a way that I can carve out some time, you know, as a leader with my team uh, to start looking at the future? Uh, and so we think that's going to be a really important thing for people to do. Um, the other thing is, um, is just to, just to start thinking about options that folks have, because we just don't know what's ahead. And if anything, the last three years have taught us is that we've got to be nimble. And so we're encouraging, you know, our clients to think about a lot of different options that they might be able to execute to help them meet their talent needs. And that could come from, you know, partner arrangements that could come from the way that they structure their roles, their business, you know, et cetera. So there's a, there's a couple key uh, lessons that uh, that uh, I think have come out of the last three years. So what's the biggest change over the past few years? 
In this case, you can see a clear pattern in our leader's observations. It's about the expectations of candidates and employees around virtual work, flexible work, and candidate experience. Well, let me start with uh, a handful of them here. So I think one of them would be uh, just the impact virtual work has had and the reality that it's here to stay. And I think it's probably more of a hybrid model than, uh, than you know, kind of everybody being remote. Because I, me personally, I think there's value in pulling people together, having an opportunity to work together, you know, in the office. And so, as I mentioned earlier, I think organizations are going to try to have to figure that out. But that's certainly been the biggest change. Not only, I think everybody thinks about, gosh, what does our tech need to do to enable us to work remotely? But it's everything from team building, leadership, practices, uh, and uh, that all ties into employee retention as well. The other thing that I think has changed um, has been kind of the candidate experience. And so what the candidate has to go through, we've talked about this a couple of previous conversations around candidates really controlling more of the process. Um, and they're looking for more of a consumer-like feel uh, but it really uh, emphasized the importance of employer brand in that process. And so where an organization used to count on uh, having the ability to have someone walk through their front doors for an interview uh, and wow them kind of with the facility and, you know, a one-on-one -on -one conversation, there's just so much being thrown still at candidates. Um, and that candidate experience has been an area we've seen some big change. And then probably another one I'd highlight um, is just you know the the amount of communication collaboration that we've seen with our clients between their uh, talent acquisition teams and their business operating units. It's just it's been a lot tighter. Um, they're they're working um, probably um, closer than they ever have in the past. Looking at the dynamics that um, uh, that are impacting both of them, not only hiring the people but then keeping them. Yeah, so um, I think it differs in the UK than it does in the US. So the US is such a large country that the idea of hybrid and flexible working has always been there. You know, if you look at people scout ourselves, uh, our model has always been that hybrid and flexible working model. But in the UK, we've been very much centric around our offices and people coming into the offices on a nine to five basis. Well, that's all changed. So again, recent research shows that demand for hybrid and flexible working is now up 600%. Um, and it has had a profound effect, not just on the way that um, organizations think about talent and think about recruiting talent, but it's had a profound effect on the, the way that people work, how, how much harder it is in, in terms of how do you build culture in a hybrid environment how do you engage with people in a hybrid environment? How do you drive change through a hybrid environment? So it's not just affected both the, uh, the way we work, but it's also how we lead within a business. I don't expect that the expectations of job seekers will return to normal, if you like, in inverted commas, in this post-pandemic period. They are still going to value workplace flexibility. And while undoubtedly there'll be some moderation of expectations, I believe that the new normal has been established in terms of workplace flexibility, and this will continue to be um, a challenge to, um, to organisations and to talent leaders. So with all of this, what should be top of mind for talent leaders in 2023? 
Here is where we really start to see some differences in between our regions. For Tim, based in Australia, it boils down to those shifted candidate expectations. People are not going to tolerate going back to old style recruitment processes and timelines. Um, they have seen what good looks like and will not easily return to old ways. But for Rick, who's based in the U.S., it's more about the role of HR and talent acquisition in driving business success in a changing economy. Well, it's still, you know, filling the wrecks that they've got. You know, certainly that's that's big. Um, you know, dealing with ghosting, early voluntary turnover, and the costs associated with that are still big. Uh, I mentioned retaining talent and being able to, uh, I would say, sustain some of the initiatives they put in place. I mean, sign-on bonuses, those types of things, you know, can only last so long. Um, and I also think a lot of our leaders are looking at their internal teams. Uh, the folks that have stayed with them uh, have put a lot of time in, and they're tired. And so uh, just making sure that they've got the right things in place, um, you know, but bottom line, their, their, their role is to still bring talent into the organization. And so uh, that's still top of mind for them. Yeah, I think um, I think it's an evolving picture. So as we said earlier, you know, the, the, the talent landscape is really challenging um, and there are shortages of talent. But I think uh, beyond those immediate shortages, the talent leaders need to look at uh, the evolving nature of talent and, and almost the requirements and demands of talent. So I think in 23, organizations need to be much more focused around how they can demonstrate a, song, a strong social conscience, how they can demonstrate uh, visible uh, environmental responsibility and a greater focus on diversity. So um, there needs to be a greater recognition that business Yes, it has a commercial impact in the world of work or in, in, the, in our lives generally, but it also has a growing societal impact. And organizations that want to be successful need to be able to embrace those changes. But what's the biggest challenge for employers? Here's Tim. The challenge for talent leaders is educating the rest of the organization to understand these new expectations and to work with them rather than resisting them while they're hoping for things to return to the old normal. For Rick, it's a bit different. It's that continued legacy of the great resignation and the employee disengagement that's been behind that. Well, uh, I can tell you, no matter how many different ways I ask our clients this question, the answer is pretty much still the same. Um, you know, attracting and retaining qualified, and I would add interested, uh, people to help them grow their business. And so it's not just fill their roles, but it's really around folks who want to join the organization and grow with the organization. Um, we work with some great brands, uh, some longstanding brands. And I think one of the challenges that organizations have is, um, you know, a lot of the folks that join them don't want to stay and they don't really get a chance to to experience the value of working with a great organization over a period of time and how that could advance their, their careers. And so uh, I think the biggest challenge still is, is not only in attracting them and getting them on board, but making sure they're the right fit, making sure uh, that they have a chance to kind of unpack their growth plans for those folks uh, and keep them in the organization. And so, I, again, I ask our clients looking for some other piece, but bottom line, you know, that's still top of mind. 
And in the UK, John says it comes down to building that employer brand. So again, we, we touched on talent shortages, and I think the biggest challenge is how to provide differentiation for an organization. So um, when there is uh, shortages of talent, organizations will have to try and position themselves at the front of the marketplace. And to do that, they need to have credible, visible value propositions. And that value proposition needs to show the importance uh, of the reputation of that potential employer. They need to demonstrate what the purpose of that organization is, and they need to demonstrate the career pathways and personal development which is available to those people wishing to join uh, that organization. I think that also then replicates into those who currently work there. So not only is this an external value proposition, it needs to resonate internally as well. So the retention of talent will be equally as important as the recruiting of talent as the marketplace shifts and as we look to evolve the nature of the talent that we want to bring on board. But what about the other side? Looking ahead through the rest of the year and beyond, what is the biggest opportunity for talent leaders? I think last time we did one of these podcasts, I said the same thing and it still hasn't really happened. But I still believe that the biggest uh, opportunity still resides, though not quite here yet, in automation and artificial intelligence. So um, it has perhaps taken longer than many people thought within the HR space, but I think that uh, organizations are understanding which uh, tasks at least can be automated. Uh, and beyond that, not only looking at the automation of tasks, but looking at where is human resource best uh, employed? So where can organizations get the most from uh, the people who are working in the organization to provide that critical difference, but equally whilst using automation to drive cost and efficiency, or cost downwards and efficiency upwards. So I think, I think that's probably exactly what I said in 2019, 2020, when we last did this, but genuinely in 2023, I can't but think that, um, that the marketplace is gonna shift more and more around automation and AI. Here's Tim. We discussed the changes in, in expectations of the market in terms of workplace flexibility and recruitment processes. But another change in recent times is the emphasis on team engagement. In the past, uh, this has focused on engaging the workforce with the goal of optimising their discretionary effort and, and driving efficiency and effectiveness. Right now, it seems to be more about engaging the workforce to drive retention. It's a subtle change, but one that is material and demands a rethink by organisations. I think we're going to see a shift in candidates, uh, you know, starting to kind of value stability a little bit more in 23. You know, if we kind of see some of the movement of um, you know, some layoffs that we've seen here recently across uh, many organizations and industries. If, if that continues, I think there's there's going to be kind of a, a peak in uh, trying to value more of that stability more later on this year. And so there's an opportunity for organizations to really align their brand with those audiences they're seeking, kind of really invest in uh, the value propositions they have to uh, not only engage people, like I mentioned earlier, but to bring them in and show that they can grow their career. I think it's also a great opportunity for organizations to reinvent some roles where they have an opportunity to do that. 
um, how work is done and where work is done um, to meet the kind of ever-changing candidate pools that are happening in their uh, their communities, whether those are you know manufacturing production type facilities, distribution, or you know could be office. Uh, but I think that's the biggest opportunity is to try to reinvent, rethink um, some of the roles that that are out there to uh, to leverage a lot of the talent that we've got here across North America. Well, that's the perfect place for us to wrap up. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our website or subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by Sound Design through Shutterstock.